Welcome to the Narrative Journey Podcast. My name is Valerie, and I truly appreciate you being here through space and time wherever you are to listen. Today's episode is going to be pretty short, and I want to go ahead and apologize for the fact that I sound a bit nasally. I'm having quite the experience with allergies. As we go on into the episode, I think you'll understand and appreciate why I'm leaning into the imperfection of this episode sound. This is not how I expected my episode to come together or sound. Today, I'm going to share a story of my own with you. And at the end of the episode, I want to share a little bit more detail about my hopes for this podcast. So here's my narrative. I had a completely different recording ready for episode one. But leading up to publishing the podcast trailer, I had a few aha moments that really tied into equal parts excitement and apprehension that I was feeling around this project. Today I'm going to talk to you about procrastination and perfectionism, or rather my experiences with the two. (sighs) I said it out loud. Yes, I can lean towards the tendency of perfectionism in my work. Okay, it's on record, moving on. (laughs) But really, My choice of wording there probably makes it obvious that it is hard for me to admit that. It's pretty easy for me to admit that I lean heavily on procrastination in my work. Did you know that perfectionism can be a symptom of trauma? Same with procrastination. Operating under chaos or instability can become normal functioning for one to manage through day-to-day tasks or work. I won't go into the details of how that comes together or how other mental health conditions are at play. And don't worry, I'll spare you the details of childhood trauma today. But I want to mention one thing and possibly encourage you to consider it for a little while. But before I mention that thing, let me share with you the way that I explain the experience of trauma. This explanation comes from observations I've made through my own experiences and the trauma work I have done and studied as a clinician. The reason why I'm offering this explanation is because I want you to have something to reference when I mention trauma in either this episode or future episodes. So here's my explanation of the trauma experience. Trauma isn't just a short list of specific bad things that can happen in one's life. Trauma doesn't happen on a scale of 1 to 10. Your trauma cannot be rated by anyone as terrible, mediocre, or not that bad. It is your experience. Trauma exists on a spectrum, and something that is traumatic to one person might not necessarily be traumatic to you. For the sake of importance, I'll repeat that. Something that is traumatic to one person might not be that traumatic to you and vice versa. Okay, back to the topic. Here is the one thing I said I wanted to mention. Childhood traumatic events, or events in general, shape the lenses and the narratives through which we see our world and tell our stories as adults. 
these things that happen in our childhood, whether they're traumatic or not, have a ripple effect that touches us as adults in the way that we relate to people and express ourselves and the way that we're able to perceive the world around us. Today, I'm going to talk about a narrative of mine that has shaped the story I tell myself about productivity and all of the work that I put out into the world. When I was younger, I struggled academically, particularly in math. I didn't have the language to really express what I was experiencing while trying to navigate what all of these numbers and shapes and symbols did. It was really difficult for me. Things would blur on the page. I would space out. I felt extremely flustered if I didn't get answers right on my first try. I felt incapable and I felt like a failure. So I chalked all that up to just not being as smart as my sister or my dad when it came to math. They just got it and I just didn't. The reason I mentioned my father and my sister is because they were really good at math, so they were the ones that were supposed to help me (laughs) understand it. And they tried and tried and tried, and things just didn't click for me. And while they tried, I cried, and I did a lot of that. Enter my narrative about needing to be perfect and needing to perfectly complete every other task. I felt like I was failing at something that was so easy for the people around me, So I wanted to overcompensate for everything else that I worked on. Side note, I sucked in high school, but that was just because I was bored and I didn't want to complete my work. I kicked butt in most of college, and I feel really good about that. To this day, I experience stress and anxiety symptoms if I have to work with numbers in any way. And... I experience, or rather choose, avoidance, and I worry over whether or not the task that I'm working on is perfect. My last clinical supervisor commented on what he perceived to be my perfectionism in regards to some clinical writing I had to show him. I was still in denial. I laughed and I said, oh, that's not what that is. I am not a perfectionist for the sake of being perfect. I'm a perfectionist for the sake of not having to do the work a second time. His eyes got as big as mine and he replied, I've never heard that one before. I'm really good with words. My reasoning is still half true. If I wait to the last minute through my procrastination, then I am working under chaos and probably a little instability. Therefore, my work has to be perfect because there is no time for rough drafts and second, third, fourth iterations. I really kind of have this system figured out, I guess. I had set a deadline for the podcast trailer and I waited till the very end of that night to publish it. My dear friend can back this story up. Friend, thank you for your patience and your push that night. The trailer, it, it had to be perfect, or what I thought was perfect, when I hit publish. I wanted it to be perfect so that I wouldn't have to redo anything, and it could just be done. Well, funny thing is, a podcast is a living project that requires constant and consistent work. I guess I'm going to need to make a few changes, 
to that system I have in place. All jokes aside, growing up through my struggles with math and trying to navigate what I was experiencing in my learning environments, I decided that I wanted or even needed to be academically perfect or just perfect in general in my dad's eyes. I never wanted to disappoint him. I excelled in some areas, but definitely not in all. So when I went back to college, I worked really hard. I felt I had to prove that all of the potential that I shelved, especially in high school, was still there. It saddens me to say that my dad passed away the night before I aced my first math test ever. Maybe he helped me a little. And yes, you heard that right. The day after he passed away, I showed up to my college class and took my math final. Showing up to take that final was an opportunity for me to control an outcome. And I was in the middle of one of the most devastating experiences of my life where I had no control over outcomes. As I got older, I continued to use perfectionism as a coping method because I found safety, reliability, consistency in things that I was able to control. But I learned very quickly that the idea of control of anything outside of me was an illusion. And all I could continue to do was work really hard to control the outcomes of the work that I was putting forward. The night I hit publish on this podcast trailer, I finally acknowledged that maybe I am a little bit of a perfectionist. But there's a story behind it. There's a reason, and it has nothing to do with ego or really anyone's opinion but my own. I had decided that I needed to ace every assignment and be perfect in anything that I did or else. The thing is, there was never an or else situation or consequence. My parents never set forth an unrealistic expectation for academic performance or behavior. This was something that I created and I felt I needed to live up to. My narrative told me that if I put anything out into the world, it needed to be perfect in every way in order for it to be seen or worthy. My narrative was wrong. That narrative has impacted me into present time. There are many things that I have held back from doing or completing or facing because I want the end product to be completely perfect, done, no need for a revisit. With the ability to acknowledge my story and experience, I can take a deep breath and acknowledge that life has room for rough drafts. It has room for mistakes and multiple iterations of a project. And anything that I pour my heart-centered energy into is worthy, and it will be seen, especially by those that need to see it. The trailer was not perfect, and I critiqued it after I published it, down to the thumbnail image. But none of that matters because I did it. I hit publish on a project that I've been wanting to do for five years now. That's what matters. 
the warmth and love and support that I have received from those that have listened to it has been more than I expected. Thank you. I would like to acknowledge that little Valerie was working hard, trying to manage perfectionism in anything while also memorizing the genie monologue from a certain Disney movie. She didn't want to be seen very often, but when she was, she wanted it to be, you guessed it, perfect. So little Val, it didn't matter how hard you worked, how hard you tried to be not seen or to be seen as perfect. You were loved unconditionally by your father and your mother and the rest of your family. You still are. In fact, mom called you cute the other day. I love you, mom. My experience of needing to be perfect caused me a lot of grief as an adult. This isn't something that can be blamed on one event or really even a person. It's just part of my experience. And as an almost 35-year-old, very young, like to note that, woman, I get to still learn about my experience because I am open to it. What are you open to learning about yours? If there is something you're holding back on because of perfectionism, my friend, just do it. Do the thing that is calling you. Show up for your experience and be authentically you. I will be here to cheer you on. I hope this little story made you laugh. Or hey, maybe it even helped you get to know me a little bit better. But more so, I hope that it inspired some self-inquiry. With that said, if you've ever struggled with procrastination or managed perfectionism, have you thought about how maybe it's tied to something you experienced in your younger years? My experience isn't the only way that procrastination and perfectionism can manifest. In fact, what I share today isn't even the whole story. Talk to your child self and find out. Okay, friends, that was my narrative story for today. And now I'd like to share a little bit more about my hopes for this podcast. Many people thought that maybe I'd put out a project from the therapeutic lens. Let's be honest, that's a lens through which I will partially view the world all of my days here. It's part of who I am and it's at the center of my heart. But that's not the main focus of this podcast. There are lots of teaching podcasts out there. And maybe in the future, I'll take on a new project. But right now, this podcast is about community. It's about resonance and reflection among people when we storytell. My hope is that this podcast becomes a warm and welcoming space for us to see each other, air quotes, to hear each other, and to recognize that we can find healing in that process. While my clinical hat will be on from time to time, this isn't a space for therapy, but it can be a therapeutic space. I hope you'll continue to join me to explore stories and dive into the insight that arises through the radical process of healing. The story that I shared with you today referenced some deep healing that I still needed to do around my inner child experiences and how I was perceived through the work I put out into the world. Thank you for being here today. This is the Narrative Journey Podcast.